Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Good morning. You have your sheets out now, so uh, the first four messages should be right there. I don't know if it's the front or back of your, your particular sheet, uh, but it has the first message, How Precious Is Jesus Christ to You? What the foundation we wanted to lay was that if we're going to reach out to the world, the degree that you hold the preciousness of Jesus Christ, a lot of times is the degree that you're going to actually do what he asks you to do on a sustained basis because it gets harder and harder as time goes on because you run out of your relatives, your friends, and your neighbors after a while. And now it comes uh, a lot of times to your co-workers who don't want to hear it. Uh, you've shared it with most people, but you still you have to reach out to the world because the world is important to the Lord. The second message is here. We need to protect what is precious to Jesus Christ. Third message, a changed life. We need to be who we are. The fourth message, if we're wearing a uniform, then we need to uphold the name. We took a break from the series, and we had uh, uh, Virgil do a teaching uh, in the potter's hands. Uh, that the process is more important than the product. Uh, Chad did one on the last of uh, the month, and that, that last month it was dealing with uh, the reflections, reflecting back on last year, 2012, so we can go forward in 2013. Then I started the continuing with the series with message number five, and that was basically what God was showing me that we need to do as a church. What do we need to do as a church? You made some probably New New Year's resolutions, maybe. You also uh, have some goals and aspirations that you have uh, for this new year. But as a church, what is God saying? And to me, uh, this is what he's saying to us, is that we need to possess our possessions. Then last week we talked on uh, now that we possess everything, which we shared in that first message of the new year. Now that that we did that, what now? We can't just name it and claim it. We have to realize that everything goes with it. You must go to the cross. Uh, We must be a crucified uh, life. We must be a crucified body. The world must be crucified to us and we to the world. So we talked about that last week. This week, we want to talk a little bit more about uh, that particular message, but Go a little bit further. So we're going to go to Deuteronomy. What are some, Deuteronomy chapter 8, 28, verse 1. What are some of the possessions that we want to emphasize, even though all things belong to us? Even though all things belong to us, what are a few things that God would have us to concentrate on? What do we need to really possess this year? What do we need to really possess? Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. I, and I, just, I just love it. Whew, I just love this. Because I know that God wants us to possess it. I know he does. Verse 1. Now it shall be, if you willingly, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, 
The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And he's talking to his people, Israel. We are his people, aren't we? If you're born again, we're not his people. Okay. Uh, are we Abraham's seed? Heirs of the promise if we are, of course, uh, in Christ Jesus? Say yes. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. Then he wants the church to be above those who are not belonging to the church. Would you agree with that? Or you think he wants us to be underneath? He wants us to be the tail, not the head. What do you think? Okay, I think he wants to be the head, not the tail. So therefore, he wants us to be above the, the unsaved and not yet saved. He says that all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the, the Lord your God. What are some of these blessings that he wants us to protect? Because I know he wants us to protect these things. Protect of them because I know that Elijah, I don't care whether you have little or whether you have plenty. He wants you to always be provided for. I don't care if he had to do it like Elijah took through, through ravens. It doesn't matter. Does it? Oh, 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 with a woman. I didn't hear anybody anything. Nobody wants to eat behind a bird. huh? <laughs> if you were starving, you would, see? So... It doesn't matter whether it's a widow woman, that he's, he's going to sustain you. In famine times, you will be provided for. He says that all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you would obey the word of the Lord. Blessed shall you be in the city of Lynchburg. And blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you be, shall be your offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your your beast, the increase of your herd and your young flock. And I, I take that when I do that. I want my job when I was teaching. I said, you know, I'm going to be blessed when I go to Beth Hills Elementary School, when I go to Darrington, when I go to Kaiser. I'm going to be blessed. I'll be blessed if I'm at glass. I'm going to be blessed, 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 because that's where I am, and God going to have blessings follow me. Now, I don't know how you all pray, but I turn this because I don't have flock. I don't have herds. I don't have goats. I don't have sheep. I don't have them. But I, I, I did have a job. And I do have a job. I want, I want God to bless what I set my hands to. That's what I want God to bless. So your livelihood, they, they, they were an agricultural community. They had to be blessed in their uh, flock. They had to be blessed. In their, in, in their uh, uh, all of the gardens and things they had, they had to be blessed. If he didn't cause it to rain, if he didn't cause the sun to shine, they wouldn't have anything to eat. So he had to bless them in order to do that. He said, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. I like that because I like to eat. So therefore, I like for my food to be blessed. You see? But I want my refrigerator to be blessed, my cabinets to be blessed. That's what I want. Blessed shall be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. I pray that over you all. Because uh, some, some, some of the students are just getting, getting back from their break. Uh, do you know that it's, not, it's just not given that just because you take a trip that you're going to get back safely? It's not a given. 
I love it. I love it. It says that the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and they shall flee before you seven ways. Now, of course, they were in a situation where they had to go to war a lot of times. And so that's a very serious thing. We have an enemy. We have an enemy. We have the devil. He's an enemy. And I want the devil to not harass me all the time. How about you? And I know that God will cause that enemy to flee because he says that if I resist the devil, he will flee. And I know the devil is not afraid of me. But I know he's afraid of him who is within me and who I belong to. I know that. It says the Lord will command the blessings upon you in your bonds. And in, oh, I like that. Let's read it this way. The Lord will command the blessings upon your, come on, checkbook, savings account, investments. Come on. Do you, do you want the God, God to bless your savings account? I want him to bless my checkbook. Oh, yeah, bless it. You, you, you don't think that God can, can cause money to come to you, do you? You say, well, yes, if I work for it. Now, we are a supernatural uh, church. The church of the living God is supernatural. You have to really believe that because you, you, you got to walk by faith, not by sight. I'm trying to help you now. It's important. You're quite welcome. (laughs) Verse 9, the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he swore to you if you will keep his commandments and you walk in his ways. Verse 10, so all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. Wouldn't that be neat in your workplaces that your boss, don't, they don't harass you. They don't pass over you for raises. Yeah. Uh, the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body, in the offspring of your beast, and in the produce of your ground, and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, and give you rain in your season. So he's going to do all those things for him. I mean, I like that. I like it. Now, it says two things here in verse 1. If you will diligently obey the Lord your God. Remember that now. Number two, being careful to do all his commandments. So one is... Diligently do what? Obey. Number two, keep all his commandments. Okay, let's go to the Gospel of John, chapter 15. Let's go there. New Testament. What are some of the things that we want to possess? I want to possess all of Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 14. Don't want to go any further than that because curses start. Don't want to go any further than that. For disobedience. Don't want to do that. 
verse 1. So the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 1. I am the vine, the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it bear more fruit. You You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself uh, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. God wants us to bear much fruit. Much fruit, much fruit. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch who dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My father's glorified this by this that you bear much fruit, so you prove to be my disciples. God wants us to possess that. He wants us to walk in the reality of that, that whatever you ask in his name, he'll do it. He wants you to walk in that. 2013. 2013. Now, a prerequisite to that, verse 7, is saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So we have four things here that we need to concentrate on because if we concentrate on those four things, the other thing is going to automatically come to pass. The first thing is that if we want the blessings to come upon us, to overtake us, I mean, it'll, the blessings from the way I read this the blessings, they're going to follow me. They're going to catch up with me. They will overtake me. It will, they will jump on me, tackle me, because I am obedient to the word of God, and I keep all his commandments. Can't run, I can't run fast enough to get away from the blessings. That's where I read that. The way I read John if I abide in him, if I remain in him, if I dwell in him, if I, that's my home in him, and his words are in me, they abide in me, they're at home in me. It's like the, the word and me, you can't tell a difference between the two because the word is in there, it dwells there, it's there, it stays there. That's what abides in me. I can ask whatever I will, and it will be done. That's why I read it. So what I want to do is to do those things. I say, I want to, God, I want to obey you. I want to obey you. That's number one. God, I want to keep all your commandments. That's what I want to do, Lord. Lord, I want to abide in you. And I want to, your words to abide in Now, all of you knew that, right? You knew that. Nothing, no revelation, right? You knew it. Now, what was interesting to me 
is that God said I couldn't do it. You can't even do that unless you have the master key to obedience. You can't even obey unless you have the master key to obedience. And that's that's the title of the message today. The master key to obedience. Because now you say, well, ah, no, 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 no. I don't believe that. All you have to do is just do it. Just do it. All I have to do is just read the word. I just All I have to do is read this word. I don't have to do anything. Just read it. Just read it. I can do it. He said, no, you won't. Have you ever known anybody who knew the word but didn't do it? Yeah, all of us, right? <laughs> Come on. If we're honest, all of us disobey on some parts of the word, don't we? Yeah. Have you ever been in a situation like I've been in where you want to do it, you know you're supposed to do it, you're trying to do it, but you keep failing at the same thing over and over again? You don't have the master key to it like you should. See, there there are keys, then there's a master key. I mean, the master key opens up everything, doesn't it? Open everything. Okay, you ready for the master key? All right. Okay. Let's turn to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to unpack this for the next 20 minutes. Now, this is a letter written by Paul and Timothy to the church at and Epaphras, he was given this information to Paul about the church. Let's start in verse 9. Chapter 1, verse 9. I gave you just a little backdrop there. For this reason also, since the day I heard of it, so he heard about them from Apophorus, he, he heard about this thing, what they were doing, their love and all those type, type of things like that, the good deeds. He said that we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled, filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Let me tell you. I just have given you the master keys to obedience to the word of God. You cannot be obedient if you're not filled with the knowledge of his will. In all, all one um, version will say, through all, another one say, with all, I like with, with all spiritual wisdom. We can know his will, but not be able to do it because we don't have spiritual wisdom 
and spiritual understanding. That's important. That is important. And I know you parents know what I'm talking about because you know, you know that you know that you've told your children time and time again what they're supposed to do. They knew what your will was, but they did not do it. And you ask them, why didn't you do what I told you to do? do, do, do? And they usually answer, mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> See, they don't have, they don't have spiritual wisdom and understanding of what, what you ask them to do because with that comes why you ask them to do it. it the Spirit of God has to do it in you. And, and when it says spiritual wisdom and understanding, one version says that, that wisdom and understanding that the Spirit of God gives. That's what it says. And so you have to know that you need it to receive it. Because you have to ask for it. You have to search for wisdom and understand just like you search for hidden treasures, Proverbs will tell you. I said, wow. I, you know, give me some scripture on this. Give me some scripture on this because, see, I'm one that I love scripture. So, therefore, if, I, if, if you say you cannot do this thing unless you have some spiritual wisdom, how important is spiritual wisdom? How important is the wisdom that the Spirit of God will give you? How important is it to me being obedient? Because if you don't show me somewhere else, then I just say, well, you know, that's good, but I don't think it means that. So I think I got it anyway because I have the will of God. The will of God is in the word. I've said that before. This is his will. If you know his will, do it. But I know that I can't do it because I know that I've, I've tried to do some things that I just couldn't do. And I cry out for help. God, help me to do this thing. Help me, Lord. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let's go there. We, we've, we're right here on this spiritual wisdom now. Spiritual wisdom. And understand, what spiritual wisdom first. Is anybody else struggling with the spiritual wisdom thing? You can hold your place there because we're going to come right back there because, we, we, like we said, we're camping out right there. Somewhere is chapter 2, verse 1. Okay. When I came to you, brethren, and we know we're talking about Paul, I did not come to you with superiority of speech, of awe, of wisdom. Oh, he didn't come with, with, with superiority of wisdom? I thought she said we need spiritual wisdom. Proclaiming to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. I thought you said you needed wisdom, though. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power 
of God. Now, if Paul say is saying that our faith is not going to rest on the wisdom of men, then obviously, you know, we're not talking about the wisdom of men. Would, would, would you draw that conclusion? Okay. Verse 6, yet we do speak wisdom among you. Oh, you don't speak the wisdom of men, but you are speaking wisdom. What kind of wisdom are you speaking then, Paul, when you're talking to him? However, not of this age, so he's not talking about the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom. In a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, but just as written, things which I have not seen or ye have heard, which have not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us. Now, I told you before, you remember in, in, in the message two Sundays ago, that all things are yours, right? All things are yours. It says here that the spirit who's from God, in other words, we have received the spirits from God so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. The Holy Spirit, we have to have the Holy Spirit. We have to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. We have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We have to value the Holy Spirit. We have to reverence the Holy Spirit. We can't be a church that we don't know much about the Holy Spirit. We are just uh, we, the Father, Son, yeah, I know, but the Holy Spirit, well, I've never heard of such a thing. No, we not only have to know that there's such a thing as the Holy Spirit, we have to know that the person of the Holy Spirit, he is God, and we need him. We need him. We're not gonna, we, we are not going to walk in the things of God because a lot of things that spiritually discern the Holy Spirit has to reveal to us. Even some of the simplest things. Don't complain. That is scripture. Isn't it? That's scripture. Right? How many of us complain? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. I mean, what is hard about that? It's scripture. It's, do you need Greek to, to understand don't complain? No. Why do we complain? Some reason we haven't gotten it yet. The Holy Spirit going to have to reveal to us something deeper than what we see on this page in order for us to stop doing it. I guarantee you. And that's with everything. I'm serious. That's with everything. <laughs> 13. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, is that human wisdom again? But, by, but in those taught by the Spirit. 
combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But the natural man does not accept things of the spirit of God. And so we can't be uh, Christians and be like a natural man, not, expect, not, not accepting the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, and they cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised of no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. One of the keys, I say, the master key, is we're going to have to have the Holy Spirit. We're going to have to be asking him, give me, give me understanding. Give me spiritual understanding of this word that I'm reading here. Don't complain. Help me. I, I, I see, I know, but I can't do. Some reason, I think it's okay. Really. I must think it's okay if I do it. Right? Nothing's happened to me. The roof hasn't fallen in. The floor hasn't opened up. So everybody complains. It's okay to complain if I got something to complain about. Right? No. It's not okay to complain. Because the word says you don't complain. So why can't I do it? I got it. God, help me. Help me, Lord. I have, to, I have to defeat this enemy here because I can't let these keep words coming out of my mouth like this. They, they, complaining, complaining, God, help me. I don't want to complain. He will give you spiritual wisdom. That's what he'll give you, spiritual wisdom. And somebody asks you at the word, why don't you complain about things? Do you understand the, 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 the stuff that... They're asking us to do, working us all hours, all these conditions. Why aren't you complaining? Why are you acting like you're grinning all the time? What's wrong with you? And you'll be able to tell them. Yeah. It's because of him who is within me. Yeah. It's not me. Yeah. Say, oh, I knew you were going to say something silly anyway. You know, I shouldn't have asked you. <laughs> but it'll be the truth. The only way you can walk in it is the, is the, is the Spirit of God. Gives you some spiritual understanding that you don't have, that I don't have, that we're not walking in right now. That's about any, any topic, any subject that you're having problems with. And we can go around the room, all of us have problems somewhere. Guaranteed. Okay. That's spiritual wisdom. How about understanding? How about understanding? He gives understanding, too. Let's go to Matthew. Uh, see, I wanted to see it in more places than just... Just that, because if it's going to be a master key, then um, I want to know this thing is the real master key to this thing. I, I guarantee you that the Spirit of God is a master key. I guarantee you. I don't mean I don't have to bat my eye. And when I get to heaven, I, I, I can stand on it. The Holy Spirit is a master key. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you know, teaching and you wisdom, you're not going to have it. Guaranteed. Matthew 13. In Matthew chapter 13, we talk about the parable of the sower. We want to go to uh, verse 18. Chapter 13, verse 18. It says, Hear then the parable of the sower. So we know that the word is a seed. 
We know that from other places, reading the parable, which we're not going to do. But we want to, verse 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and you can be hearing it today, you can be hearing it on videotape, you can be hearing it, uh, reading it in a magazine, I don't care what you do, you can be reading your Bible, doing your devotional time. When you hear the word of the kingdom and, and you don't understand it, that's what it says, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. What has been sown in his heart, this is the one whom seed was sown by the road, by the wayside. Just like sewing it right here on this carpet. It's the, it's the, it's the uh, well-traveled part of the, the road, of the garden, where the horses and everything goes. It's, it's hard, not, not, not plowed up in anything. It's, not, it's, it's just fallow ground. And the seed's not going to do anything but just sit there. Just sit there. And when birds see seed, it's food. Right? So the bird is going to come and do what? Eat it. And that's what it's saying, that when you hear the word of God, we read the word of God, it doesn't matter what's going to happen to that word if it's sown without any understanding. The devil, which is like the birds, going to take the word, and it's just like you never heard it. I don't care if you memorize it. I don't care if you meditate on it. It's still not going to matter because it's going to do nothing. Because you don't have an understanding. Because the word tells me that the devil takes it away if you don't understand it. That's what it tells me. Does your Bible read like that? So if you don't understand something, you can't possibly obey it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Can't possibly obey it. Can't possibly obey it. So if you don't have... The Holy Spirit giving you some wisdom, spiritual wisdom that he gives so you can understand this thing. If he doesn't give you the understanding of this thing, then you're not going to be able to obey the word of God, even though you know it, even though you can quote it. And that's the key. That's the key. I'm telling you. I'm serious. And this is what I'm getting from the Lord. And you might say, oh, you, you just, it, it sounds good, but ah, I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Okay. Keep on being disobedient. It's, it's fine. You will not possess your possessions in 2013. All the things that is yours, I don't care if it's Deuteronomy 28. I don't care what scripture you love. Jeremiah 29, I don't care what, what scripture you love, it's not going to matter. You can quote it all you want to. But if you, you can't walk in spiritual wisdom and understanding of it, you're not going to be able to bed. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Let's go a little further. We, we're back to uh, Colossians. We're just in, all we did is just went through one, one verse. We got a couple more verses to hit, hopefully. Verse 10. So that, oh, let's stop there. Woo. So that. That's important. Why is so that so important, teenagers? If, if I say, Madeline, I'll call you Madeline, come here so that I can give you $100. What does a so that mean? It means... <laughs> 
that if you come, I want you to come for a particular reason, right? I've given you the reason why I said you come, right? So that. Well, when this starts off then, so that, verse 10, what is it saying? Let's go back. I pray for you that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that. You see it? So why does he want us to have spiritual understanding and spiritual wisdom? So that. Right? He's getting ready to tell us, isn't he? He's getting ready to tell us why we need spiritual wisdom, spiritual understanding. We got seven things, he says. Seven things. So that you will walk in a manner of the Lord to please him in all respects. Remember, we gave the scripture before, we didn't emphasize it. Well, like I'm emphasizing now for this, for this reason. Uh, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Let's stop there. We, we need spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we can walk worthy of the Lord. Now, when you say walk worthy of the Lord, what do we mean? I have a, a, a picture that I would like to put on, on, the, on the PowerPoint there. It's of some scale, scales. And you've seen scales like that in pictures probably. You probably don't own one. Uh, but, um, and they, you don't see them in grocery stores. Uh, but when you're reading the scriptures, especially about people having um, unjust weights and things like that, uh, what is on the left side, what's on one side, is supposed to equal what's on the other side. Is that true? In other words, in other words, that when it says worthy, what worthy of the manner in which you've been called, we've been called with a holy calling. We've been called by God. We've been taken out of the power of darkness, translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. We've been um, uh, delivered from the bondage of sin and all that what God has done for us is on one side of the scale. Now we can never do anything to deserve it, of course, or to earn it. We can't do that. But he says in the scripture, walk worthy of that. Meaning that what's on that left, all that he's done for you, you are sitting there on the right. You'll walk. You'll walk See, on the left is, is what he's done. On the right is our walk. Our walk supposed to balance what he's done for us. Even though we, he knows that we can't ever earn anything. He knows that. But he's the one telling, I'm not telling you that. He's the one saying walk worthy. But I'm telling you what this worthy, worthy, worthy means. I'm giving you a word picture. And a picture, too, of what worthy means. That's what he's saying. How precious is Jesus Christ to us? It goes back to that message. How precious is he to us? Because if if he's not that precious to us, then our walk might not be worthy of that. See? Because another message that we're supposed to hold precious, what? He holds precious, which is his name, his glory, all those type of things. What worthy. 
That's, that's one thing, having spiritual wisdom and knowledge was there. Let's look at another one. To please him in all respects. We need, we need spiritual wisdom and understanding to please him in all respects. We need wisdom and understanding to bear fruit in every good work. That's three. We need spiritual wisdom and understanding to increase in the knowledge of God. You say, I know God. Well, I know you know God. Come on, I know you know God. But the Apostle Paul said in his prayer, he counted all things dumb. You remember that? for the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ. He says that I seek to know him. Didn't he? Do I have to turn to it? Come on. Do y'all know it? That I may know him. This is in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10. But we're not going to turn to it. Okay? That I may know him. That I may know him. If Paul is saying that I may know him, obviously, we can know him better. We need to know him more. We need to be progressively knowing him more and more and more. Well, if we don't have spiritual wisdom and understanding, we won't know him more because that's one of the things that's saying that in so that, in other words, we need spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we will know God increasingly. Another one, that we will be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Woo. Not now, not from, not from, see, it's not saying, not from his glorious might. It says according to his glorious might. According to it. Well, how powerful is God? How much might does he have? He's all-powerful, right? He says that I want you to be strengthened with all power according to his might. I said, whoa. Man, you, you, don't want, you, you don't want me to be lacking no power in nothing. You want me to have the full access to your power. Does he? Does Jesus have it? Are we joint heirs or fellow heirs with Christ Jesus? Do you have it? You have access to it, too. Oh, do we do? But we have to have what? Spiritual wisdom and understanding in order to tap into it. All things are ours, but we must do what? We must, we must now learn that spiritual wisdom and understanding is important. Otherwise, even though all things are ours, we won't walk in, we would not walk in it. Number six, for attaining of all steadfastness. And patience. We need spiritual wisdom and understanding to attain to all steadfastness and patience because we need to be steadfast in the things that we go through. We go through things. Do you understand? We all go through things. But we need to be, we need to be able to endure those things. Be steadfast in those things. I don't care how hard those things are. 
Right? Ask Joseph. Joseph, uh, uh, we could have been his counselor. Joseph, man, I wouldn't work that hard for that, for that man. Potiphar, I wouldn't work that hard for him, man. You're you working like, like you own the place, man. He can, you're a slave. You can hear some of, the, some, of the, some of the people telling him that. He didn't pay attention to him, did he? He worked hard anyway. Then after he got thrown in, in the jail for being accused of rape, see, I told you you shouldn't have been working hard. Now look, look at you now. I will give up on God. What? Stay steadfast. I don't care what you're going through. God has a purpose. He will bring you out of this thing, and you're going to come out better than you went in. But you need to be strengthened with all might to go through it. And you need, let's just stay fast. Also, long-suffering. Oh, you got to have spiritual wisdom and understanding to do that. Because we're talking about now, steadfastness, that endurance is with circumstances, but the long suffering is with people. Oh, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to, oh, you need some spiritual understanding. Oh, you need it. Don't, don't, come on. We need it to put up with some people. Come on. Some people, you got to do it. Oh, yeah. Come on. Don't they? They tax you, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they tax you. We need spiritual wisdom and understanding to be able to do it. Now, the last one, number seven, the last one, is joyfully or joyously. Oh, now you were doing, you you were teaching all right until you said that. It's all right to endure, right? Circumstances. It's all right to, you know, be able to put up with people. I can do it, but don't tell me I have to do it joyously. Right? <laughs> we need spiritual wisdom and understanding to be able to do it, don't we? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the master key. The master key, I'm telling you. Spiritual wisdom and understanding... Uh, I could go further in, in, in these verses, but I tell you, ooh, it is, when I, when I saw, I said, God, you are really, you are so good. Because I know that what you're saying is true. I, I know what you're saying is true. For 2013, I'm going to work, work on that. Uh-huh. Spiritual wisdom and understanding. I need the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have the crowd to him. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. I know you're the sanctifier, Holy Spirit. I know you, I need you. I got to have you. I, I, I need to fellowship, fellowship with you more. Help me commune with the Spirit of God. Help me because I got to have you to give me some spiritual wisdom and understanding in this problem I have. I have this problem right here, and, and, and I, uh, it's, it's with this person right here. It's this person. I have a problem with him now, but I have to work with him. I have this problem. I have this problem with them, but I have to live with them. Come on. I have this problem with them, but they're my in-laws. I got to see with them. I got to be with them sometime. Every Christmas, every Thanksgiving. Help me. Somehow, I'm telling you, this word will, will set you free in 2013. It'll get you more of your possessions than you can shake a stick at. Let's stand.
Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.